Hello, everyone. Welcome to C-Suite Talks, a podcast that takes you inside some of the most interesting businesses and industries today, explores career success, and how we can make a difference. We invite you to join us on this journey. Welcome to C-Suite Talks. I'm Diane Gubin. And I'm Beth Hilbing. And this week, we're so honored to have Catherine Rivera Hernandez. She is currently appointed by Governor Newsom in June 2019 to serve as the appointment secretary. Prior to her appointment, Ms. Rivera Hernandez served three administrations as a board member on the Agricultural Labor Relations Board, beginning with her appointment by Governor Davis in November of 2002. Welcome, Catherine. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much, both Beth and Diane. This is uh, for the invitation to participate in my very first podcast. Ooh, oh, welcome. yeah. Okay. Welcome. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be nice to you. Thanks. <laughs> What exactly is an appointment secretary? What is it? What do you do? Well, I am not his scheduler, which is frankly an even more difficult job. Uh, The governor is responsible for 4,000 appointments that include both paid jobs in the administration as well as appointments to over 400 board and commission slots. So I have a team of 12 people who are responsible for identifying candidates, vetting them, interviewing them, and then ultimately we make recommendations um, to the governor who I meet with weekly. For approval. Oh, wow. Wow. No wonder we can't ever reach you. <laughs> <laughs> you have really good PAs, though. I'll tell you that. Um, can you kind of go through your career path that led you to your latest appointment as secretary? Sure. Well, I didn't know what an appointment secretary was um, early in life, so I can't say it was a lifelong dream. Um, Also, I am an attorney, so there were probably cheaper routes to go than um, law school. But I have been in Sacramento politics for over 22 years. Um, I worked on a political campaign that landed me as the chief deputy for cabinet affairs for the Gray Davis administration. So I was very green. I was thrown into the deep end with no floaties. So I learned to swim well and fast. And And frankly, many of the individuals in the Newsom administration were also around uh, in various capacities back then. In Sacramento, people tend to get recycled and repurposed because there is a certain skill set you need to navigate the political landscape. So when opportunities arise, you start looking around to tap people that you know. So I will say I did not know the governor. I voted for him, and that was the extent of my relationship with him. But I started seeing people that I knew and admired taking senior roles on. And I had just been confirmed to my fourth term on the Agricultural Labor Relations Board. So I had four years of secure employment, doing a job that I loved, that allowed me to be around for my two teenagers. So when I got the call, I was you know, asked to consider the position. I did not take it lightly. I did not jump. And aside from people knowing my work product and my temperament, I think I was chosen because as a former cabinet uh, deputy, I knew the importance of choosing the people you know, the right people to serve. I know the roles, I know the responsibilities, and I know the skill set needed. And then, of course, when the governor personally asks you to serve, it is very hard to say no. Uh, public service is in my blood. <laughs> wow. That's quite the compliment, for sure. Yes. Yeah, so, so you were asked, so you kind of have an end politically in a way, just because you were in the environment. But, you know, for, for somebody who doesn't have that, and you said there are so many openings, what, what does it take for someone to actually get an appointment? What's the process like? How do you figure it out? 
Yeah, so I think there's a common misperception out there that um, you have to have an in um, in some way. And given the number of positions that we are responsible for filling, we would not get very far if that was the case. For example, Steve Gordon, our director of Department of Motor Vehicles, he was sitting in his Silicon Valley office reading yet another newspaper article about the woes of the California Department of Motor Vehicles and decided that he thought he might be able to help. He filled out the application. His application got pulled. And thank goodness that he was our director when COVID hit. His experience in IT, along with his vision for the future for Californians, is really incredible. So we are essentially a large employment agency. So we have to rely on our online appointments application, which I am going to plug at www.gov.ca.gov. Um, and of course, if you do know someone who can sp- you know, truly speak to your qualifications, use them. And then, as you know, I often seek out groups um, that I know have qualified individuals, which is why I was so pleased when you reached out to have me speak to the C-suite membership, knowing the caliber of talent that was going to be in the Zoom room. Um, I was very helpful. It was hopeful. <laughs> Everybody loved hearing from you. We did have a handful of women that did apply for positions, so that was really good. And, and that's what we want to see. So that's great. Um, Can you tell us about an inspiring appointment that you've made? You know, this governor's commitment to have an administration that looks like the people it serves has been my guidepost, and specifically his commitment to gender and ethnic diversity. It is why I was allowed the opportunity to recommend the appointment of the first African-American woman to be the commissioner of the California Highway Patrol the first Latina to be the director of the Department of General Services, the first state architect who is a woman, and the first African-American to be the secretary of government operations. And that's just a handful of examples. But without his commitment to that, there was no way I would be able to go out and accomplish that. So I think that is probably the the thing I love most about this job um, is all of these firsts, um, which will only pave the road for um, those that follow. Love it. And so, 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 you know, we're all busy. I mean, super busy. So how, how much time does it take to serve on a board besides the application process? And maybe you can walk us through how much time I fill out the application. Is anybody ever going to get back to me? How long does it take? Is it three months later? And then once I'm chosen, is it every single night of the week? Is it five? What, <laughs> tell us about what the commitment is. <laughs> so what I will say is, um, I never tell people that we're a well-oiled machine because that would be um, untrue. Um, it is, you know, we have so many um, going on and priorities can shift overnight. And I have, although I have several deputies with the number of appointments, they're working on probably 50 to 75 appointments at any given time. So it's a, there. it could take three months. It could take six months. Um, the way it works, especially with the boards, is we're often putting a puzzle together. So, exa- for example, with the Agricultural Labor Relations Board, which, of course, once I left, I was um, very involved with, I found the first person on the board. It's a five-member board. Um, and from the time that I found the first person, it was probably about six months. But the last person only waited a month. The first person waited six months. So it really just does vary. But the one thing that I will say is that Having been on the other side of this process four times, I just make sure that the deputies are in communication. You know, that's all we can. I'd say that's all we can do. We have to be responsive, and when pe- these are people's lives, um, we just have to make sure that we're providing the information. It may or may not be what they want to hear, but at least they will have that that certainty. And as far as the time commitment, every board is different. It really does vary. Some boards might meet monthly, and it only requires a few hours of, of preparation. Others are like part-time jobs. Um, it is 
what's the primary reason why an appointment doesn't work out? So I advise applicants to go to the website of the board that they are interested to see what the position is, to see how often they meet, how long they meet, what do the agendas look like? Are they complex issues? Is this something that I really want to do? I, I feel like that is the best way to be informed about whether this is something that you really want to do. Because as I explained to applicants, what you know, it's exciting when the press release goes out, but then it's time to get to work. So we need to be realistic about that. Right, right. And is there training? Like once you're on a board, do, do you get trained or you're just kind of thrown in and you start swimming? Well, we wouldn't do that to you. Um, the good thing is most, well, I shouldn't say most, really all of the boards have staff. So there's an executive director and there are staff that are there to support the new board member. Also, what we will often do is pair that person up with somebody who's already been on there for a while so that they feel like they have somebody who they can have questions on. But there's an entire onboarding process that takes place to um, help the, um, and especially new board members who maybe not have, have served before, um, help them navigate that, that process. Do you feel it's a good launching point um, from a government government board to a nonprofit or corporate board? Do some do you see people kind of transition that way sometimes? You know, I don't know that as much about that. I do know that people who have served on nonprofit boards or corporate boards um, do very well, as you can imagine, on um, state boards. Um, so we we do take that into account when we are evaluating applicants. Okay, and I know some are paying, some are not. Is that correct? Correct. The vast majority are non-paid volunteer boards. There's really only maybe 12, um, like the board that I served on, that are um, full-time or part-time boards that are actually paid. Great. And and what kind of, if you were on a board that pays, and there's only 12 of them out of those 4,000 jobs that are open, there's only 12 paying? Well, there's 12 boards. Oh, there's 12 boards. Yeah. It gets confusing. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> So what is the favorite part of what you do? What do you like best about your role? So appointments is the intersection of people, politics, and policy. So making all of those ends meet is what I drive for every time because every appointment has a political aspect of it and a policy aspect to it. Um, but being able to put something together that the governor can feel proud of, that this is representative of his agenda of a California for all, is really what I enjoy doing. I get to talk to people who have just some really compelling stories. And that is, it's amazing when you hear people's stories. And, you know, sometimes I will take um, individuals into the governor and I will tell him their stories because he doesn't ask me where they went to school. He doesn't necessarily care so much, even where, like, you know, what they did for a living. He, the only question that he asked me is, why do they want to serve? And so when I tell him the story of why somebody is, is coming to serve, sometimes we look at each other and go, what have we been doing for our lives? <laughs> You know, you have a 34-year-old who's got, you know, three degrees and he's out I there know. saving the world and writing books. And we're going, what What have I been doing with my life? Um, so it really is about the people. And that is the best part. And something that I never got to do when I, as, a, as a cabinet, um, you know, deputy where you're just working with appointees. Um, it's really dealing with the people of California. So it, that's fabulous. Right. And, and so what are you doing with your life? We know you have a family, so you're juggling. How are you juggling this? huge, really dynamic, highly visible career, you know, and teenagers or younger or whatever, you, whoever's in your life. <laughs> Tell us. Well, 
I'm going to say this because it's true and I think it's been out there, but I don't think anybody believed it. I know I was very skeptical when I heard that this administration had work balance. I've never seen that in politics, but it really is like nothing I have seen before. As you likely know, the governor and first partner have four children. In addition, this administration is being run by women. The senior staff from cabinet, legal, legislative appointments and operations all of us are female. So balance means having the flexibility when there's a sick kid or not missing a school event because we understand the work will get done. I will tell you what sealed this job for me was when I interviewed with the governor and he said, so when can you start? And I explained to him, this was in July, I explained to him, I have a, had a trip to take my daughter to the theater camp in New York City for two weeks. I said, but I can come back and start after that. And he said, you need to take the entire month. He's like, you're gonna need that time just to decompress and get back, get everything in order, and then you'll be ready to go um, on the first. And I knew right there I was, in the, I was in the right place. That's very nice. That is huge. That is actually so significant. Thank you. Can you walk us through kind of what your week or day looks like? And then when you interact with Governor Newsom, Kind of what are some of the topics that you're interacting with? So no day is typical, um, as you can imagine. It's a lot of team management. Um, the senior staff, we meet every first thing in the morning, every morning, last thing in the evening, every, every night. Other than that, it is sitting in on interviews. It is reviewing requests for any number of things coming in from appointees. They want a new legislative deputy. They want to recategorize it. A department, they want to change something. So it's a lot of administrative kind of review. Um, but then it's just, it's interviews, it's figuring out the politics, it's talking to stakeholders, and ultimately trying to help my team, you know, get to a place where they feel good about the recommendation that they are doing. Um, but typical, and, it, and when I talked about the flexibility, and obviously for everyone, COVID changed that. That may mean I will go have lunch, something I would never be able to do, go have lunch with my daughter. It may mean I have to work, do some work in the evening or get up a little earlier. But having that flexibility has been really incredible um, for me. Well, that's really good. It is. It is. And having kids myself, honestly, I had to start businesses so I'd have that flexibility. Not that I didn't work longer and harder because it was my own company, but that's what you do when you have kids and if you're not right, finding the right thing. The one thing I will say about, because I can't share much about my discussions um, with the governor, but we're kind of the commercial break. You know, we're coming in and that's what I tell them. You know, I knew exactly the job that I was taking. Um, I had been in the cabinet. I knew what that was like. I know appointments, you know, it's it's not at the top of the list and that's okay. But he's so committed to it that he really enjoys the time because we're, I'm bringing him good things. Um, I'm not bringing him problems. And, the, and then if there are problems, I have solved them and I'm explaining to him why I've solved them. So he, the governor is a storyteller. Um, so as you can imagine, if I bring something up regarding an appointment that's connected to, you know, he'll talk about his grandmother or his kids or the first partner or a friend from San Francisco. And, you know, he just um, he really does, I think, relax a little bit. Um, and I think by showing us who he is, it's allowing us to do a better job of what we need to do. Um, so I just appreciate that he's so frank and um, open about himself because it really does help us to know the type of people that he wants to bring in. Oh, that's great. Wow. Wow. So, so what would you attribute some of the keys to success? It sounds like just this, it sounds like you are so open and the governor is so open and you're really in an environment where things are getting done. It sounds right. like. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. See, can you tell me why you have the basketball behind your head? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so this is a trophy that my um, husband, who is the coach of my son's basketball team that we won in Portland, Oregon. And um, so, yes, so very proud of, of our of trophy. I'm a, I am a, a sports fanatic. That is one of my hobbies. Um, I don't get to watch it very often, but um, if I do have free time, I'm usually watching football or, or basketball. Um, I am from Arizona, originally born and raised, and my Phoenix Suns beat the Lakers last night, so I just had to get that in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. So are you yeah, getting, that's good. Yeah. So are you getting any tickets? Hey, let, let's appoint you to the sports committee, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, unfortunately state government prohibits all of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. That's true. You, you only take things less than $5 or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. So what do you feel as many women start business, what made you successful and what advice or tips would you give them as they start down a path of a new role or new business? So one is I am just in awe um, of the membership of C-Suite because I can't imagine how difficult it is to either start or navigate the corporate world, which is very different you know, than, um, than public sector. So I hesitate to provide advice um, for people. I, I look forward to receiving advice from them. But what I do tell young women um, in both private and public sector, um, and I truly believe this, and maybe because it was my experience, and that is that you have to enjoy what you're doing now. You know, don't necessarily look, you know, to tomorrow, but enjoy what you're doing now and do it well and treat people well. And hopefully people will notice. And whenever you have the opportunity to help another woman, do it. <gasps> That's C-suite. That's what we're all yes, about. Women, women working with each other at the most executive levels to pull each other up and lending a hand to those who follow. That's exactly our entire mission. Yep. So is there something you would take a redo on? Something you would do differently? I know that I should say yes, because there has been plenty of bumps in my road. But since I am exactly where I should be right now, I struggle to say that I would change anything because if it would if it would lead me anywhere other but where I am right now, um, I would keep ex exactly the way it is. Yeah, you are an amazing, okay. amazing path here. I know. So what's kind of, so you're not changing anything going back. I love it. You're going forward. So um, what's coming down the pike for you? Well, more and more appointments, uh, and that is because, as you can imagine, I mean, COVID really made people rethink their priorities. So there were a lot of people who decided to retire, you know, decide they want to go be with their grandkids, um, who, you know, just decided to change their career path. COVID fatigue is real. Um, and then just, you know, it's a constant churn. Um, I have people leaving the administration every day, as you can imagine, just because mm -hmm. it's so large. Um, but at the same time, it makes it exciting because we do get new opportunities. And I'm really excited because we're going to be announcing um, several appointments to the various education boards soon. And I'm just very proud of them. And I'm proud of my deputy who worked so hard on making sure that it was representative of the governor's um, vision. So very excited about that. I love it. What, what are the most challenging boards for you to fill? Um, the most challenging are the licensing boards. And that is because Everybody wants to be on the film commission. Everyone wants to be a UC regent. Um, not everybody wants to be on the podiatry board. So you have these. Oh, no, I'd rather be a UC regent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you have licensing boards for every 
industry and occupation you can think of. And on those boards, you have licensees, obviously, but you have what we call public slots. Um, and when you go to the website, you will see a list of them and you will see it. It'll show you what, what's available and it'll say public. And those are people who have no vested interest in the subject matter of that board. Those are the people of California. It's holding that board accountable. They also tend to be the people that we work most, most closely with. Um, but you can imagine they're hard to fill because people don't come in saying, I want to do structural pest control or, you know, I want to do osteopathic. Right, right. Beth, Beth, <laughs> I have to board with me. No, I'll do dermatology. <laughs> it's a great yeah. start, though. Anything it's a great cat, launching pad. Anything, any cat boards. Yeah, exactly. Veterinary. Uh, animal boards. I don't know. Yeah, we have a veterinary board. That's good. That's good. That's good. Um, so how do you kind of work and keep your head wrapped in your business without listening to all the media and all of the negativity that comes with any government role, whatever your political beliefs are? How do you guys stay focused? Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy time. And um, I think part of it is I've been I've been doing this for a long time. So there's not much I haven't seen or heard or been through. Uh, and so you really the governor has really led on this as far as he's just keeping his nose down and doing the work. And for and he has told us he talked to the entire the staff of the governor's office to let us know what his expectations were. And that's all he said. He's like, I have to keep, we have to keep moving forward. We have way too much that needs to be done. So you can't buy into the, you know, the outside and feel like you have to, he's like, yeah, I don't, you know, he doesn't need us to protect him. Oh, um, he just yeah. wants us to keep, you know, he just wants us to continue to get the work done. And so that is what we're doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, to run California, the size of California and all the complexity of it, it's easy to be a critic. It's hard to be the doer, right? Let alone you can barely drive the state in a day, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's many. I always tell people it's like it's many Californias. Yeah. Um, it really is. Yeah, because of the geographic dispersity. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have to travel a lot to all the areas or are you in Sacramento? Well, I did. Uh -huh. Yeah, I did. And I really, yeah, I really miss that. So I am really looking forward to getting back out there and seeing people in person. I know that it's convenient and Zoom is convenient, but mm -hmm. there is really nothing to substitute, especially for what I do for the personal conversations that you have after the speech. Right. So I can give a speech. I don't get to talk to any of those people um, afterward unless they reach out. But if I'm there in person, then I have that time to really kind of be available for, for people. So for me, it's very important that I am out and I cannot wait to get back out on the road again. We love it. It's going to be soon. You know, we're holding our first in-person event June 10th, as you know, mm -hmm. at the City Club in L.A. They're hosting us. And that'll be so exciting to see all of our women. We have, we have missed them. We have a few men sprinkled in there, too. But uh, <laughs> I know. Sounds good. Anything else we want to ask, Catherine? Yeah, so I was going to ask you, what's an interesting fact or hobby you would like us to know about yourself and then about the governor? Maybe? Yeah, I kind of already gave out, like, my my uh, my favorite uh, my favorite hobby. Um, and I, I can't say that there's anything, I mean, that I would – say as far, as far as the governor, other than he is exactly what you, what you see. Um, I think that was the, my biggest question coming into the administration was, is, is he the, I mean, I asked that question of people, is he the real deal? Um, and I started seeing the actions he was taking. So, you know, it made it very clear. Um, he had asked me about, um, 
you know, he asked me the same question, right? Like, why do you, you know, why do you want to serve? Like what you brought you here? He's like, you know, is it public service? And I told him about the fact that, that I went to school to get my business degree and went to law school to be a corporate lawyer. So I had an entire different life mapped out in my head. So I wasn't going to lie to him and say, yeah, I've always dreamt. I wanted to follow my mom's path, you know, who was in public service her entire life. It's like, that was not where I was headed. I somehow <laughs> was got diverted along, along the way. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, he's just, he's a genuine person who is really just interested in the people that are, he's appointing, um, and what they're going to be able to bring to the administration. That's great. Well, we're so happy to have you today and for taking this time with C-Suite. And thank you for speaking to our group. We really enjoyed having you about uh, government board positions as well. Right. And we look forward to you being very active with C-Suite. So, Diane, you want to thank our sponsors? Yes. So, so thank you, Catherine Rivera-Hernandez, Governor Newsom's um, appointment secretary, for being here. We would like to thank our sponsors. Our annual sponsors this year are Google. IT solutions provider Converge Technology, the law firm of Minette, the employee benefits firm Woodruff Sawyer, and my firm, Executive Research and IT Consulting, Amplify Professional Services. Thank you for listening. And we want to make sure that you hit the subscribe button on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere you find podcasts. C-S-W-E-E-T Talks. And then follow us on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure when you go to Apple Podcasts that you leave a review, rate a five-star comment, of course. And then we love hearing from you. So send us an email, media at csuite.org. And then you can check out our website on www.cswet.org. And then, Catherine, can you repeat the website for them to go and look at for board positions? Yeah, absolutely. It is www.gov.ca.gov backslash appointment. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you.